What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Life's a Garden. Today's guest is an actor and comedian. He does theater performance. He's acted and directed in multiple indie films. He is also a member of the Yellowstone Repertory Theater, as well as the Projectile Comedy Group, which performs every Thursday night at the Loft in downtown Billings. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Chaz Llewellyn. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Dakota. Thanks for having me. Right on. Uh, so, like, what's been going on recently for you as far as, like, comedy and acting and all that stuff? A lot. I know, a lot right? A lot of good stuff. You know, like, I mean, obviously, so projectile comedy is kind of the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I shouldn't say the main thing. It's, like, the most consistent thing, right? Because we still do our weekly Thursday night shows over at The Loft right now. Uh, beyond that... Uh, I'm an executive ensemble member over at Yellowstone Repertory Theater. Okay. And uh, so we're doing a bunch of, of work with them, obviously with, uh, you know, post-COVID and still kind of COVID in the air mm. type of environment. It's, uh, it's a little tough for any sort of theater, especially like a young one like YRT or Yellowstone Rep- Repertory Theater. So we're just trying to get our seasons back in order and... Um, Really, just trying to get that ball back rolling, mm-hmm. which is really cool, though. Actually, because tonight, Yeltsin Repertory Theater is going to be putting on the show that we had to cancel because COVID. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, speaking of COVID, so yeah, speaking no, of COVID. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but uh, so they're putting on the children again tonight as the first, I guess, first production at the new Alberta Bear Theater. Oh, okay. Which is super cool. Um, but yeah, what was it? Oh, I was going to say the Yellowstone Repertoire Theater? Yeah. Wh- where is that at? So that's the thing, right? It's, it's, we don't really have a where. Oh, right okay. Now. So we have this company. And it's actually Billings' first, I want to say it's the first professional theater. Okay. In terms of like, we, we do a show and, you know, depending on, on the success of that show, how well it goes and stuff, like the theater will pay its actors. Okay. Weird. So it's kind of like more of a group then? You're like a theater group? I would say that's fair. And you're kind of just trying to find a home almost? Yeah. I mean, we'd love to get a home at some point in time. But, of course, you know, know, the expense of everything and being a young theater, it's not like we have these groups of investors and stuff. We're really, honestly, just uh, getting by with our ticket sales and and donations and all that stuff. It is a not-for-profit type of theater. Okay. So, um uh, until we can grow it and get to the point where we can, you know, sustainably have a, a place, then heck yeah, we'll get that place. But cool. As of right now, you know, we've we've done many. I think this is our third season. I guess kind of take two on the third season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're calling it the third season or the fourth. Just because of the just because of <laughs> off year. Because we were on our third season and then COVID. So I don't know. Does that mean that's off? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the the specifics about that, but. Um, fourth year, third season. Yeah, fourth year, third season. What have you? Uh, shit. Where was I even going with that now? Oh, just talking about uh Sorry. theaters and oh, yeah. getting into different <laughs> yeah. theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we've been do- we've been doing a lot of performances at Nova. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and the the big struggle with that obviously is our is our group is concerned is 
you know, we've done so many productions there because, you know, it's a, it's a, an affordable place to put on a show. They have lights, they have grids, you know, the ability to create stages and stuff over there. So it's already pre set up for us to do a, you know, a show. Mm-hmm. But then the problem being people think, oh, so it's a Nova thing. And you're like, no, right. It's not really a Nova thing, but, but it's still <laughs> but, nice that yeah. you have a place to go do that. And I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, <clears throat> even though you don't have your own spot, there are a lot of places here to perform at. There are. So yeah. there's no real rush to get that. Oh no, there, there really isn't. And, and we're, uh, we've done, um, a couple things with, uh, uh, Moss Mansion. Okay. So we've been, that's been a great partnership with them, you know, kicking this off with Alberta Bear is going to be really, really cool. You know, they kind of approached uh, our theater because um, they they saw a couple of our productions, like The Importance of Being Earnest and, and The Children and stuff. And, um, and so they wanted to use us so they can basically, uh, how do I want to put it? They want to test everything out over at Alberta Bear because they put all these millions of dollars worth of stuff equipment lights sound systems but now they just need to test it before they bring in these traveling the acts, acts off broadways you know these big concerts mm-hmm. and and you know because they, they bring in some some pretty big productions oh i'm so they, excited with what they've done with that place like it looks I've, i haven't been inside yet oh it's awesome really oh man i mean i loved it before but it <clears> just <throat> looks more modern mm-hmm. more like up to date and stuff which is i like the classic too but it's like that theater needed a good revamping. Yeah, absolutely. It needed a facelift. It needed, uh, you know, just it was a little outdated mm-hmm. and, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, as 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 people are coming in to use the Alberta Bear, you don't want to be on that uh, don't perform here list. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's so like now it's it definitely like... caters to maybe a bigger show. Like they might bring in more comedy acts. I remember, yeah. like, didn't Dave Chappelle perform there yeah. a while back? And yeah, then there's been some big acts there and. Like you said, Broadway performances, yeah, Broadway shows, yeah. and all that fun stuff, which you know are way, way, way more involved, and so it's great uh, that that we're kind of getting our our foot in the door at least with Alberta Bear and stuff, and hopefully that leads to you know uh, bigger and greater things in in the future and all that fun stuff. But uh, um, it's it's exciting the way that you know how things are coming along with that, right? And it's been uh, great, like like Dina Brophy and and um, I don't know if you remember Dina from from the Venture Days. Kind of. You might have. She was actually because she would do theater stuff, but she was kind of like the vent, the old venture theaters. Wait, yes, I do. I totally remember her. Remember? Yeah, because yeah, yep. she was kind of like the administrator, administrator. Like she would do a bunch of all the office stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But yeah, Dina's a part of it. I don't know uh, Cassidy Riley. Me and her have done a bunch of things. Of course, Craig Rosengay. Um, I don't know that you would remember him. Um, from back then, because I, I really honestly didn't get to know him until yeah, just, just recently, but he's our artistic director and stuff, and Susan um, Sommerfeld, and, you know, it's just all these great, Vint Lavender, and all these great, you know, uh, theater actors in town and stuff that are involved with it, so it makes it more exciting, Yeah, I think, and for me. You brought up the Venture Theater days, I gotta talk about it. Yeah, we do. This is where our connection really right. lies, um, and I talked about it, I don't know, it was few episodes ago it was after i okay. had saw you at the uh, crystal oh yeah and i yeah. like wanted to bring it up because it was just a crazy coincidence that it even happened yeah and jogged my memory about the old days so just to refresh everybody i went back like what was it it must have been sixth grade seventh grade or yeah. like fifth grade sixth fifth, grade fifth, seventh, six i think something where in there i did it for three summers 
Yeah. Because uh, Venture Theater used to run a summer camp for, it was what, two weeks or something like that? Yeah, I think it was like a two-week summer school Which is, or something like that, yeah. Maybe or, even more, I don't remember. Because that seems crazy that in two weeks we learned a whole play and... Yeah, we produced it. Yeah, as young, as young, like, not really pro- professional actors. <laughs> the showcases. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but you were my showcase for, I think, the last year I was there. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause, and, and I remember, because when, when, when I ran into you at the Crystal, and we took a selfie, mm-hmm. naturally. Of course. Because. Who doesn't? Who, yeah, right? <laughs> and I remember I sent it to um, Aaron Claxton and Wendy Kessler, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Hey, remember, remember who? You remember Dakota, who we used to fight over for showcases? Oh wow, yeah, we did. We used to fight like because you know, obviously, there's so many kids and yeah. so many different you know various levels from, like you said, from you know fourth, fifth, sixth, middle school all the way into through high school and all that stuff. So it's it's such a diverse. Um, group and when we would do showcases obviously so it wasn't that the showcase was just for the fifth sixth graders and then this showcase is for the middle schoolers it was it was everybody so we would have yeah we'd have you know just the little kids and um, high schoolers middle schoolers and and we'd we'd do it like a lottery we'd do it like a draft oh wow that's kind of fun though so we would all get in um I'd hate to be the last person. I know. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, it, it, nobody wanted... Yeah, that was the worst. But, um... Because as you recall, as you might have recalled, like, the, the first, like, day, we would have auditions. Yes. Everybody yes. in the whole thing would audition, right? And um, and then all the, the, you know, teachers or staff would be there, and, you know, everybody had to, you know, put on their own showcase that went for five... 10 minutes or yeah, it was just a short it little yeah, thing. It was just yeah. a little skit, you know. Something for the parents at the very end of it. And, um, yeah, so we, we'd do the lottery. Everybody would pick their numbers. And then, of course, there was always that handful of kids that actually weren't turds. <laughs> or Tried to it, take it seriously. Yeah, or... tried to take it seriously. Who actually wanted to be a part of the Venture Summer School to learn acting and stuff. And, but inevitably, you always have that big group of kids who it's just like, just it was a, a thing for parents to kind of get them enlisted in so they can, I don't know, go to work and not have to worry about right. daycare. Right. <laughs> Honestly, right. you know. So, um, so yeah, that, that pool, like you were definitely in that pool of like, I, I got to get, I got to get Dakota well, or I got to get somebody. You yeah, know. I, mean, I remember there was definitely a few people who were Just top level and like had been doing it a while. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. That's cool that I was in that class. I, yeah. I guess I didn't really think about it that way, but cool. Yeah, right yeah. on. Hell yeah. You were in a good group. And, sure. uh, God, I remember I remember all my showcases for the three years I was there. Uh-huh. But the one we did was by far the coolest. Which one was that? Was that the uh, the murder mystery yes. one? Yes. Yeah. And it was a comedy. That's right. But the cool thing, because <laughs> unlike the other ones I had done, mm-hmm. You, you kind of just let us write it as we went. Right. We all kind of just had a part in writing it. And then we all threw out different ideas, and then you went home and wrote the script. Right. Whereas, like, the other ones, they were just like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, this uh-huh. is my idea we're going to do, uh-huh. and we're going to do it. And which is yeah. fine. Yeah. But the way you did it, it was just like, it was way more involving. Everyone kind of had, like, a part to play in it. The right. Where it's like, well, I got this idea, I got this idea, and then all just kind of molded together. Well, and then that's, and yeah, and I and that's how I did all of them really all of my showcases just because like yeah i could go home and write something but i don't even know who i'm going to get right i don't know if it's even going to be feasible with the people i you know what i mean like, yeah, so well it's, you can kind of mold it around yeah the 
actors and yeah. kind of give everybody the part they should be playing. Sure. And then everyone, well, like I said, is feels more involved in what they're doing. Right. Hundred percent. And then it gives you the you know cr- creative ability to kind of just think on your feet and okay, so now I got to come up with something real quick. So I'm sure that was kind of fun for you as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and those are one of my favorite things to do. Um, like when we've we've done some nomad comedians, Jim and Chad Corb, um, are doing these uh, these kind of variety shows. Mm. And that's my favorite part of 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 any sort of like creative theatrical thing is coming up with skits and doing that writer's table session for ideas and all that fun stuff. So, um, you, you know, cause especially with the, the, the summer school, it's like sometimes shit just comes out even, even with fourth, fifth, sixth graders, uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers that I wouldn't have even fathomed. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have ever have thought of that. Oh yeah. And it's like, that's brilliant. Hell yeah. Well, Let's it's like, yeah, that. the mind of kids sometimes <clears throat> will oh, yeah, surprise you for sure. Oh, sure. Or any any sort of collaborative project. I, I, I love that. Well, yeah, because then I you can bounce that. off of other people. It's like somebody says something that gives me an idea, and then I can... Yeah. Something I might not have thought of on my own. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah it's always good to have, like, a writer's room, basically. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things. So, yeah. how long did you work at Venture, or, like, do the whole Venture thing? And was that kind of part of a... How did that all like work? Was it all of you were just part of a group together or was that something that you're just all separate actors and you came together to just work on that summer school? Uh, so, so Mason, Lisa, obviously yeah. Mason Archer, Lisa Fox and stuff, when they were running the theater, um, they, they wanted to do a, a summer school and, and it was always funny because they were like, this is a summer school. We're not doing a camp. Yeah, we're not yeah. doing a, it's you know, teach whatever, because they were trying to get away from parents who just want to put their kid into something. Obviously that never always works hundred percent, but, um, and then from that, obviously they Lisa, Lisa and, and Mace would basically invite people that they would mm. like to be a part of it. You know, um, and they would. What was cool is they would invite people and and really focus in on that person's skill set. Okay. Right? So when I was in it, you know, I was shit. I was still in high school. I think I was junior senior, and um, and then a little bit after that, I think after I graduated. But um, so I wasn't doing any of the advanced stuff because I was still learning. Mm. You know, I'm still trying to learn the craft just as much. So working with the high schoolers w- wouldn't make sense, right? But I definitely had a handle on basics and have a handle on, on um, you know, all just the, the, the back-end stuff of, of theater at that time. So then they're like, okay, perfect. You're, you're, you'd be suited for fourth, fifth, sixth. Okay. Suited for that. But with that, you know, obviously we all have, um, we all had to come up with electives. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I remember that. That was so fun because <clears throat> I remember there was, like, improv – we had like one that was dance choreography, one that was like combat. Yeah, right. yeah. They it, we had to select an, an elective, as I recall. We had to do something that wasn't offered. Okay. At the school, so yeah. so I remember I, I you know you know I love fly fishing, so I would grab a group and we did we I taught them how to cast. Oh yeah, there was okay. I I remember all that. Like there was just ones that weren't part of the acting. Is that what it was? Uh right. Okay. Yeah. So I, gotta, I, I mean, remember for the elective, so we would come up with three or four or five things and stuff. And I remember, huh. oh, that's right, because I was, um, and I also had a bunch of experience at that time too, going through ROTC because I was actually trying to get into 
the army at the time. Oh wow! Um, so from that, and the it's called the depth, the delayed entry program. Um, so basically, when you tried to enlist, or when I was trying to enlist, you go through this delayed entry program, mm-hmm. where before you go to basic, you um, you meet up with all the 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 sergeants from the um, recruiting office and all that stuff. They take you through drill. They take you through like all the basic shit that, you know, obviously you do at basic, but they, it's better for them if you knew it before you went there. So you can, you know what I mean? So, um, so from that program, if you complete all these things, then you could actually be promoted before you even go there from, because when you go to basic, you're an E1, just basic lowest, yeah. rank possible but you could make it into basic as like an E2 maybe even an E3 um, before you even get there Okay. and so from that experience and, and all that stuff I, I knew drill and I knew how to drill so one of the electives I did was called the army way and we, we'd, we'd just go into now that sounds familiar. the room yeah and then we would uh, we would uh, we'd just do some drill we'd make you know stand at attention this is how you salute this is how you left face right face about face and this is how you would do like it so it was just like you know shit that wouldn't have anything to do with theater at all right see and i don't remember but. what mine <clears throat> were like i can't remember any right oh there was tons of there were we had like ultimate frisbee i remember okay. but okay. We, we did that one year but then we <laughs> we had to kind of squash that because somebody got hurt or something no because we had to like you know we'd we'd have like 10 or 20 even people sign up for the damn thing oh yeah but then we're like oh the nearest park is over at north park well we gotta load up in the venture vans and then you only but have the, but there's only so many seat belts <laughs> so, that so like, it got a little sketchy however much time <laughs> you like, have to do it and whatnot yeah exactly so it was fun like you know but um yeah just just some sort of electives that didn't have anything to do with yeah I, okay i i do kind of remember now i don't really remember what mine were but i remember that being a thing yeah and then you had to sign up for it because i remember being like oh that looks like the cool one Right. Or, like, that's the one I'm interested in. Right. Because, yeah, okay, I do remember that now. Yeah. I do remember, the, like, the, you know, how they decided who, where, because of too many people signed up for the thing. I don't know if it was first come, first. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because wasn't, weren't there sheets? Yes. That's right. Yes. And then it would just be like, okay, first 10 in this or the first whatever in that. That's right. Mm-hmm. God, it's all flooding back. It's all coming back to me. It's so wild because it, do- it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but damn, that was like almost. 15 years ago yeah something like that yeah which really isn't that long but it yeah. is <laughs> i mean i'm coming up on my 10 year anniversary for high school and that seems crazy Jesus, right because i don't feel like it's been mm. that long no Fuck. we're in a weird spot in our lives man like i know i remember like uh you know being 20 something and or just in high school like i'm gonna have a wife three kids Three, two minimum, but three kids when I'm like 25, being my career. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well, it's like, yeah, it's there's always 25 scenes so far away from then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it doesn't ever ha- really happen the way you picture it. Never. And it's and it's fine to picture it. Yeah. It's fine to have that like vision in your head, have a yeah. vision board or whatever. But like, did I ever think I'd be? doing anything i've done up until this point probably not no hell no you know like right. i'm with you i i imagine myself married or yeah. or in a relationship or something like that and right now like that's the furthest i want <laughs> i got from... so much shit to figure out right now oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i'm 
Yeah. My vision for when I was in high school is not what it is today. Yeah. And that's what makes life fun. Yeah. And And it's like my vision for my vision for 10 years from now is probably not going to be what it is. So because life happens. Yeah. That's just it. That's it. Right. Life just happens. And that's that's so true for everything. Like me and my wife right now, we're trying to we've been trying to have a baby. Oh, yeah. For going on almost three years. Okay. It just hasn't happened. We've all been tested for everything and all that, but like you said, life happens. That's crazy because I've always thought about like how I guess I always thought like having a kid was kind of easy. Easy. Yeah. You would think. Like if you try so hard to not have one for so long, and then when you try to have one, you can't. I know. Yeah. And and that's that's the craziness that I'm actually kind of learning throughout this whole process because it's a little devastating, you know. Yeah. Um, it's hard on both of us, me and my wife, that that it's it's taken. Um, it's been so difficult and, and it's so easy. I think I've had to take a step back and just, and just see that or recognize that, uh, you know, on Facebook or Insta or everything you're, you're seeing, you know, uh, baby announcements all over the fucking place. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. All over. (laughs) I'm losing my friends left and right because of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But what you don't see is, is the, are are the, are the struggles or the people who aren't able to. Um, you know, what's frustrating for us is that, you know, we haven't, but we're both testing just fine. Like there's nothing preventing, like preventing it to happen. Right. right? My, my sperm swimming, her eggs are producing. So it's just hasn't happened yet. Well, and you know what, whatever, maybe that's just how it needs to be for now. Sure. And then, I mean, you just got to hope that eventually it will happen. And like, that's the time it's meant to happen. Right. And that's all you can do. Cause I mean. I mean, of course, you like we, you know, we've uh, done like the IUI thing, which isn't the in vitro. Okay, yeah. Because that shit's expensive. Oh yeah, twenty k or some crap. And even that's, <laughs> as far as I know, it's still like a crapshoot. Like it yeah, may or may not work. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, you still owe that money. Then that's it. Yeah. Sorry. So, Want to try again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's twenty thousand ah, dollars. That's no, crazy. and I don't know if it's even that much, but still, like it's it's in it's the, up in the tens, of, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand range. Yeah, it's not cheap. Unless we want to go to like Mexico, I'm sure it's probably only about six grand there. Maybe six dollars. Maybe six dollars, <laughs> depending. <laughs> well, I mean, but like I said, you just gotta hope that it's gonna happen, and no, oh, and like just knowing your heart is gonna happen, yeah. and then when that time happens, that's when it's meant to be. Right? Yeah. My buddy Paul told me just quit your job or something, like do something drastic, because that's when babies come. When they're <laughs> yeah. like the most when you're in- not expect like the you- most inconvenient. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you don't. You're setting a career and like you got your your whole life set up ready for a kid and then you can't like it doesn't yeah, happen. Right. Yeah, you gotta be in like the worst possible situation to Exactly to get one. I've been just looking to go to prom with Courtney. Like just show up to a prom. Do one of those adult proms yeah, or whatever. Let's go to a prom. Yeah. Meet you in the bathroom. That's probably <laughs> when it's gonna happen. <laughs> well, you know. Just think about it this way. At least for now you get you get to have fun practicing, right? Yeah. 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 So exactly, no, it's not the world's worst thing. No, that's no, no. For sure. <laughs> um, I want to get back. Uh, actually, I want to talk about comedy real quick. Yeah, because like that's your other thing too. So, yeah. well, actually, so first of all, you do you do theater? You've mm-hmm. done movies, right? I've done two feature films. Okay, local like low budget stuff, but yeah, but yeah. like indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, what 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 are those called? So we did, um, and this is all with Trevor Styles. Uh, he's a local f- uh, filmmaker. He does escrow by day, and then you know, 
films whenever he can. Uh, but we did uh, Hobbs and Phil versus Zombies. That was a we uh, we pitch it. The pitch for that one is a bromantic zombie. Okay, is how it is. Yeah, so it's uh, Eric Weber and Jason Harris or, or Big J. Yeah, and they're you know friends in the zombie apocalypse, and and it's a comedy and and it's it's just so fucking silly, but it's it's kind of a beer beer drinking pot smoking like almost kind of like a uh, National Lampoon okay esque kind of like Shaun of the Dead almost kind of like with in mercenaries realm. in there so sprinkle in some action and stuff like that um but nothing's taken too seriously of course and and but it's a it's a great little it's a fun film okay and we did we did that some years i do ago. remember that like being promoted and stuff i remember yeah. hearing about that and like people asking for extras i think one of my friends was an extra in that oh yeah we needed tons of zombies and stuff and that was the fun thing about the film though is that this it's it's almost like the zombies are more of a nuisance than they are a threat okay in yeah. this film like, one of my favorite things is <laughs> it's one of the favorite scenes in there is there's a zombie coming off, you know, walking up, and Eric's just talking to Jason about something, and this zombie like runs into Eric. He's like, "Oh, okay," and he just pushes him off, <laughs> and that's all he's, he's like, "Okay." So and they're not okay. Pushed. So it's not like we're freaking out necessarily and all that stuff, but um, but that's actually kind of one of the plot points in that film is that there's uh, this this blood out there that makes them go crazy again and makes them more ravenous. Than, oh, okay than the nuisances that they've been um so it's you know so that's kind of like you know they do play a factor mm -hmm. eventually but uh it's it's pretty wild it's a fun flick and then what was the other one so then the other one we did um just oof, just like three or four years ago i guess is uh um the blood hunter okay and so the blood hunter is um it's 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 more uh i should I don't want to say this, like I don't want to come across, but we we took it more seriously. Mm -hmm. It's it's a deeper script. It has a lot more depth, a lot more heart to it. Yeah. Um, different type of role. <clears throat> different types of roles. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but that one's uh, about a um, um, a guy who gets who gets basically involved with a group of of vampire hunters called the Blood Hunters. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's this big, you know, um, subculture of vampires out there, and and oh, it, it sounds almost Blade-esque, but uh, um, I'm trying to think of what's what's the big uh, the the big twist on that one. Oh, Caleb, one of the blood. Caleb is the uh, the antagonist. I played Caleb, which oh, is okay. super new to me at the time because I've never been the antagonist. I feel like that'd be so fun to play anything. That kind of role. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. You get to step out of your, like, because everyone wants to be the hero. The nice guy, right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. And I'm always the nice quirky guy and whatever, blah, 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 but, typecast. But. I mean, there's certain guys that obviously they get kind of <clears throat> put into that role where they're always the bad guy. Yeah. But they're just so damn good at it. Right? They're so good at it. And it's like, to be a good villain, I always heard, and I, and I stand by this. Yeah. A good villain makes a good for a good movie like 100%. if you don't have a good villain then it's then what's it's, the point yeah then it's, if, if i'm not if i don't if i'm not scared of this guy or worried about him or anything of that nature then yeah then it's it's lost why even have it yeah exactly 100 percent. i'm sorry i want to i gotta get this actor's name okay because he was like my big muse during that i think he just makes one of the most epic villains ever 
Um, he, oh, Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. Gary Oldman in the movie The Professional. Mm-hmm. Great movie. His character in that, I think, was one of the... <clears throat> one of my most favorite, like, anti... Not anti-hero, what am I saying? But antagonist roles. Mm-hmm. He was so good at it. It was so subtle. It was so subtle. Well, he's but just it was one of those, so effective. He's just one of those versatile actors that can like play anything. Super underrated. Yeah. Well, it's like you get guys like I don't know, Will Smith or you know Tom Cruise who are like great actors. Oh yeah. But they always <laughs> end up playing like the same role. They're blockbuster, you know. Yeah. Things and stuff. I think. It, the Rock, another guy who's just like is yeah blockbuster style, but ends up basically doing the same role. Hundred percent. Then you got guys like Johnny Depp and and Gary Oldman who are just so flexible and can be one completely different character from the next, and you can barely like tell them apart. Right. See, because I'd put Daniel or I'm saying Gary Oldman in kind of the Daniel Day Lewis okay. side of things. I see that. You know, just in terms of versatility and just brilliance. Oh, dude, it's crazy. He's just brilliant. He's so good. Um. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, so the Blood Hunter is you know so it's a, it's a great action thriller, um, very bloody, which was I would tons hope so of with fun. That name. We had two blood cannons on set at all times, oh, and by blood cannons I mean like kind of like if you can imagine or picture, I mean almost like a uh, potato gun. Okay. Kinda for, for like the blood spray or whatever. But a shorter barrel with a wider, you know, shorter, wider type of barrels, and like a shotgun of. Oh wow! <laughs> of the, we just load that fucker up, and it had um, we had um, air compressors on it, and man, when you pulled that trigger, woof! <laughs> oh, it was great. I'm when sure it, it made for good effect. It does. It really, really does. And um, that film actually had some really good traction on it. Uh, in terms of getting some distribution and all that stuff, um, unfortunately, it had to get tabled. But uh, um, oh, really? It so did. it never saw the light of day. I mean, we we did have the uh, we did have the showing yeah. uh, at the Babcock. We had a couple of those, um, our premieres of that. I guess I guess we couldn't call it a premiere. You had to call it a screening. Okay. Because for the film festival world, a lot of film festivals are all high and mighty on their own shit and say it can't be premiered like because it, of because they wanted the they had breaking rights if it oh. goes anywhere so i don't know fuck it's stupid but huh. so we called it a screening okay. a public screening of it you, you know for all intents and purposes we premiered it at the at the babcock and, okay um <clears throat> but uh you know it it uh it, we submitted it to film festivals it won accolades it won awards um it uh you know we sent it off to some indie horror uh film reviewers and it got great reviews um their biggest you know and our biggest pride point on that film was i think we we did that film on $25,000 i was going to ask what the budget was so small I mean, that's like the micro of micro budget films. <laughs> so know? how do you get budgeting for like an indie film? Well, that was all us basically. Wow. So, so in the blood hunter, I was a co-director as okay. well as played Caleb as well as a producer. Um, you know, we all had five hats, everybody yeah. involved had five hats, you know? Um, and, and so there was, there's always so much to do. And, and obviously you know, it's it's a fairly big cast and and all that fun stuff. So, 
man, like, yeah, it, it, it took all of us basically chipping in, um, you know, because, you know, we'll put in a grand here, but we'll, I'll, I'll also, you know, help provide lunches on these days or, you know, whatever on this day. So there was always that outside budget that we just, you know, didn't really put on paper for it because, you right. know, we did, you know, we, we had, um, um, Timothy Quill and Danny Hicks in the film kind of because if because if you do a film like that you do have to put half or more in this case way more than half of our budget just to get some sort of c-list actor cult actor you know what i mean so yeah a little bit of a name obviously like you say danny hicks and and timothy quill and somebody's like "Mm, i don't know but if i say from army of darkness that's when you go oh yeah he yeah, he played the blacksmith in Army of Darkness. Sam Raimi's first thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So that that will keep people in, and then they'll start being interested. Yeah, right? if you say so and so from this. yeah, Danny Hicks from Evil Dead series and yeah. stuff. Oh, great. Okay. So now that you know, so it gives it it it, it puts a little bit of clout in your project is sure. all it is. Uh, but they, you know, and unfortunately, both of them passed away last year. Oh wow. Um, Danny to cancer and I think uh Tim I'm not sure if it was complications with COVID or or he just yeah I don't know necessarily hmm. with Tim but um unfortunately they both passed but anywho's but it was uh it was I'm so proud of that film it just sucks that it it had to stop <laughs> you yeah, know because right? I think I think that I think the thing could have had a lot of traction I really do so can you see that anywhere um, we have some we have some copies, yeah, uh, just personal. Yeah. But no, it's we can't like we don't have it in streaming and stuff. Damn. Um, I know, and it really sucks because um, oh the 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 musician is is uh, I'm I'm losing his name. Um, but he did the the Lost Boys song. Uh, do you know the Lost Boys? Oh yeah. You know, what's that? Um. Um, goodness, I can hear the song in my my head. The uh, come, come, little sister. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now cry. I'm... You know what? But yes, that yes, song, yes. the yes. guy who made the song, we reached out to him to see if we could use it in our film. And unfortunately, you know, as it is in in the industry, he doesn't own it. Universal Studios owns that song, owns mm. the rights to it. He but. Uh, he actually had gave us all his blessings, but that doesn't do anything. That's that's just a thumbs up, you know. Yeah. Um, but we were able to lock down festival rights for the song. Okay. So how does that work? Ronit in Denver did a version of the song, and it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost ballad esque, you know, but but modern in the same stance and um. So she remade it, and we have it in the film. So we have the rights to use that particular song in the film for festivals. Okay. If we distribute it, now we need to go after full rights. Right. Right, and that's expensive. You got to find a, distrib- a distributor, a distributor who who's willing to pay that bill. Yeah. That's one of the biggest hangups on that film. Damn. And it worked so beautifully that we didn't want to take it out. <sighs> you know, and then so, you know, it, it's... Isn't it's, that a bummer, too? It's like... It's so hard. On such a small thing, that's what yeah. hangs it up and... Yeah. Well, yeah, and then there's a couple other things and stuff, but... 
Right. <clears throat> it's tabled now, and 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 the other hard part, and and I talk to filmmakers, and they they look at me and just shake their heads out of disappointment because you have what's called deliverables. Um, so when you give a, dist- a distributor the film, you have to give them dis- uh, the um, you have to give them all the raw footage, you have to give them the audio, you have to give them the script, you have to have it dubbed. Oh yeah, you have really? To, you, yeah, you have to. Del- the deliverables are like here's here's basically here's the film, yeah. and then here's all the stuff so you can re-edit it. Ah, oh. essentially, we don't have all that stuff. You know, we we have all the like, the mesh together's, but I don't like we don't have it dubbed, we don't have it. You know, we don't have a final shoot script because mm-hmm. we're making edits on on set. So now, if we do a final shoot script, we actually have to watch it and script it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and and as life happens, even in in a film, um. You know, we're changing shit all the time. Or, you know, we have it scripted to do this, and then we get on set, and then we're like, Just make we an can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do There's no way we're going to do that. Well, that happens so, a lot. All the time. Films, yeah. yeah, 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 all the time. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows if, if there's ever a, ever a time that, you know, that we have the money and energy to do it, because, you know, we'd, st- we'd have to invest another probably about 4000 5000 just to make sure all the deliverables are there and available to get it going. Right. Who knows? But at this point in time, it's it's on the table, unfortunately. So where could somebody see the other movie? Hobbs and Phil? Mm-hmm. Um, good question. And I think Hobbs and Phil is something we can probably just throw on YouTube or something. I know there's tons of copies floating around everywhere. I, I think I have 20 or 30 in my garage right now. So okay. I'll, I'll be happy to drop you one. But hey. it's, That'd be um, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a... But... Uh, but as of right now, it's not on any sort of streaming platform okay. or anything like that, unfortunately. But gotcha. But yeah. So comedy. Comedy. Where did? <clears throat> actually, yeah, let's just start. Let's just do comedy, because I've I don't want to divert again. From oh what, shit! Yeah, that's right. No, it's all good. Because I was something. <laughs> I, well, the movie stuff is what I want. I wanted to talk oh, about yeah, that yeah. too at some yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, when did start me from the beginning? When did you start doing it? How did you get into uh, projectile comedy, and then just. Okay. Give the History down. of me and comedy. Um, it was it was my involvement with venture theater <clears throat> back. This this was when it was in when we were actually doing our shows out of a garage on Central Avenue. Okay. Um, which is now I think it's like a business called Extreme Machines or some shit like that on Central. Um, just, yeah, just up the road. It's not far from here. Okay. But um, that's where venture theater started, and that's when I got involved with venture when I was just, I think it was a sophomore or, or something like that. Um, and, uh, I was doing a couple productions at venture and Mace approached me because he was thinking about doing a high school improv group with venture. Um, they've been doing the adult improv over at like Dr. Feelgoods when that was around and all that stuff. Um, but I think in his head, like he, you know, obviously like trying to get, um, you know, that sort of skill sets valuable. But at the same point, kind of as a, almost like a farm team mm-hmm. for potential venture theater future stuff. And so me and Jason Harris uh, were the founding members of the Funky Bunch group. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, from from that, then, you know, we, we brought in a bunch of different other people. Um, 
into that groove like Aaron Claxton and Shay Tomich and and you know there's, there's Ashley and um, there's just a, a bunch of us that did it David Jin and and then from that original kind of group it started you know we'd rehearse and practice the games right at that time with improv it was just do the game play the gimmicks of the game right Right. so forward and reverse you know you go forward you go back do the same thing and that's where we learned to play those games kind of like a who's line type yeah 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 yeah. exactly theater so in today's improv comedy world theater sports is what we were doing right um and uh um so we were yeah we were doing gimmick games theater sports and it's funny because those are the games like improvisers in big cities do to warm up for the show they don't use that shit as it's evolved and grown but um anyway so that's we we learned that in high school and you know kind of went through that um after high school after we graduated after we turned 18 um i know jason harris went into uh venture improv um, and I did for a time, but to be honest with you, I was no good with that group. And oh, really? so, yeah. So then I was let go from venture improv for a while, um, after high school, but then I was reinvited back in, um, uh, about a year later and all that stuff. I just wasn't that great at it, to be honest just with you. Learning and all that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and I got back into it and also started you know, helping out with the Funky Bunch group after high school. So then I was back with Venture Theater Improv. At that time, we were uh, performing over at Surfer Joe's downtown with the old Wild oh West. Oh, God, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Oh, <laughs> man. What a shit bar that was. They went from the shit bar that was uh, Dr. Feelgoods to the other shit bar that was... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how that evolution of that stuff kind of has to happen, right? Exactly, exactly. But, no, so it was actually... And it was good. Like, the Surfer Joe's portion of it was good. And, you know, it's on Thursday night, so it's not like it wasn't It wasn't the rough, um, you know, or the crowds of the weekends that, you know caused all the trouble so it was it was fine well you got to go through all the the trials and tribulations in order to yeah reach that pinnacle so i'm sure it built mm-hmm. you up as a better performer performer yeah, yeah yeah you get to you you know that's really where i learned to read the audience and and kind of learn from the audience instead of doing what i want to do because mm-hmm. because what i want to do isn't necessarily all that great um but you know playing with you know opening myself up more to the audience and, and the other um improvisers really it was i mean it was an incredibly valuable lesson overall um just for for performance reasons or performance aspects of it but um yeah so did that and then it was actually when we were there when i kind of went back with venture theater that's when um you know chad corb was still with the group zach Kreider was with the group um eric weber um, Jason and and all them, but at the time, they were they were paying us with uh, Visa gift cards because Venture Theater is a non for profit. They oh yeah, they couldn't hire us, right? Or or I don't know what the the whole tax reason and and all this stuff. Looking back, I'm like, mm, I don't know if that was necessarily right either. But they would they would do that. So every show we would do, they would give us a, a twenty five dollar gift card or even 20 bucks or something like that anyways which was a pain in the ass because then they would do a they would go to the mall at the time and just purchase a bunch of visa gift cards and then have them in envelopes for us at the theater whenever they were able to do that yeah it was a little convoluted we you know and then at the same point when you know we're charging people like five bucks at the door 
it started to, to equate that we're 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 kind of getting uh hosed hosed yeah you know and and uh um so the, from that jason and uh and chad and zach and eric and stuff they started projectile comedy okay and when they originally started they they um because it was a big point of contention right because you know now we have two improv potential or two comedy groups in town mm -hmm. venture improv and then projectile comedy and like it, it had to get into this like kind of godfather-esque like sit around a table type of thing between mace and jason oh wow like just to figure out like jason's like no i won't do improv you know i'm not i'm not going to directly compete with you guys because i'm not going to do improv we're going to do sketch comedy shows every week mm. um and that's how it started uh come to find out doing a weekly sketch comedy show is not easy. is not easy it's super hard and but they did it for a long time really um, yeah. And when was okay? So what's the year on this? When when this? All I would say this is probably about two thousand five. Damn. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize how long projectile's been around. Yeah. I knew it'd been around for a while, but I didn't right. realize it was that long. Yeah. I mean, that's like two two thousand five, two thousand six, maybe. But I okay. think it's 05 when all that kind of went down. But I was still with Venture Theater at that time. Right. Um, with the Venture Improv, I I didn't go over with uh, Projectile. In all honesty, I wasn't invited to come over oh. at that time. Um, so, um, which is fine. So we just kept doing the show. They were, they were doing awesome in their show. Um, and, and then, then the whole venture catastrophe happened. Yeah. Run me through that real quick because I was, mm. or, <laughs> or maybe it's, uh, it, it was, uh, it was very, um, controversial in terms okay. of like, uh, Mace had a relationship outside of his marriage with Lisa um, okay, I and, do actually kind of remember Yeah, this. yeah, and it was with somebody that uh, was a part of the theater. Um, so... That just <laughs> inevitably it, it just, I mean, that whole thing, yeah, right? I mean, and it, and it just snowballed into this big thing that, you know, obviously Mace, uh, you know, Lisa... Mace resigned, I think, and he left first, and then Lisa did kind of the same. So really, the heart and soul of that theater left. Yeah. You know everything that that was set up, um, you know, and ran by Mesa and Lisa. Their dailies was was left, and Robert Wood came in to to run the theater, and then and then he turned it to Nova. Then and then he turned it into, you know, in my opinion, like it just turned into, you know, musicals and same sort of shit that you know we're doing at BST or at, at BST Billing Studio mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, so, so kind of that that raw edge. I've I've felt like I mean they did some great shit though. They did some really good stuff. His attention to like set design and stuff was was incredible. Talking about the new guy, um, yeah, Robert Wood. Robert, mm -hmm. and he still runs it. No, 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 no. He left, and then the the theater kind of faulted, folded. So is that um, not even going anymore then? Nova? No, no. Uh, well, Nova then. Oh, so that was Venture still. That was Venture when oh, okay. it was with Robert. And okay. then the theater started to fold. Gotcha. Like, yeah, they just couldn't. I don't know if it was a books thing. I don't know the specifics there. But financially, like, it was just not happening right. anymore. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, then Venture, then Nova stepped in because we had that great space, right? Mm -hmm. The two beautiful theaters with all the classrooms and so then it turned into Nova Center of Performing Arts and Venture Theater is 
No more. Kind of basically no more. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately. So basically, the, then the improv catastrophe happens, all that stuff. I actually was uh, called by Mace to do shows in Cripple Creek, Colorado. So okay. I did Summer Stock Theater down there. Um, for some months, and then when I come came back, my contract was up, or their productions were kind of up for that season. Um, so I came back to Billings, and um, when I came back, I uh, did some venture stuff. But then, you know, was asked if if I'd be interested in, in um, uh, projectile. Sweet. So that's kind of when I started kind of doing um, some projectile shows and all that fun stuff. And 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 by that time, venture improv was basically gone with the theater. Um, I know they did some shows here and there and all that fun stuff, but mm-hmm. um, um, but I, w- I really enjoyed playing with with Zach and Eric and Chad and Dave Overter, like all those people, um, all those guys. So when when they were over at I think Rail Yard at the time, then um, I missed the Rail Yard. I fans my bar. I mean, it's just one of those. It's, <clears throat> it's loved it. Kind of another divey place, but also, God, I that I, I played so many shows there. Yeah, like myself. It was such a great spot. Yeah. Such a great spot. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so we were there, um, and uh, I was kind of invited in and started kind of doing some shows here and there, but I was always there. I was always there. So if somebody, if I needed to fill in, I got it. Well, that's good, too. All that that stuff. Because it shows commitment, and it's like... Yeah. And you get to learn while you watch. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And in my improv, you know, life or my comedy life, I was definitely still learning, Mm -hmm. still trying to get a grasp on the whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I was finally started, you know, to become a full fledged member of the group and, and all that stuff. And, and at that time when I kind of rejoined them, you know, doing those weekly shows was such a pain in the ass. It was so hard that they, they, they started dwindling that down into improv. And then the last Thursday of every month was a sketch comedy show. Mm. So, so that gave us more time to like write and you know costume and do all this crazy stuff that we want to do, mm-hmm. um, but without having to do it every week and you know and it's but then that got hard too because <laughs> yeah. we weren't twenty somethings anymore or you know we're late twenties you know people are having careers and all this yeah. shit so then it it's, it just gets harder right. For sure. We're not all baristas again, you know, or, you know. Yeah, you're working nine to fives. Yeah, now we're having some. Families on the in the evenings and all that. So. Um, Kind of. Or just. You know, but, you know, we're just all kind of growing out of that. You know, we, right. we just didn't have that availability, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric went from being a barista where he had that ability to, you know, bartending regularly over at Hooligans at the time and stuff like that. So now his time is getting eaten up and. You know, as as it is, as you do when you grow up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just can't live off of ramen for the rest of your life. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I still do. Let's <laughs> get real. Love ramen. Uh. Um, but uh, so then, so then, eventually, even those variety shows kind of started tapering off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Jason was leaving the group. He didn't want to, you know, basically, he didn't want to run it anymore. So then Nick Capitanakis took it over. Um, with Jim and they ran it for forever and then Nick was moving and so then um, Nick moved to uh, Venice Beach Uh, Jim had left or or I think no I think he was still around anyway regardless then it was like all right well we're leaving so who wants to keep this thing going and I slowly kind of raised my hand and so then it turned into my LLC 
And oh, nice. so, yeah, so basically they dissolved their LLC. I created Projectile Comedy LLC. Um, they were like, whatever, Projectile Entertainment. Doesn't matter if you're not the IRS, I guess. But but then, if yeah, I got it formed up under under my uh, myself and then started running the group after, after that. Um, but then that's when we're starting to hit families. You know, and now we're starting to hit careers and now we're starting to hit serious adulting. Right. Zach is now like a superstar on Twitch. Oh, wow. Um, Eric is now, you know, part owner of the VIG. You know, Dave went off. um, He sold his his business, his house, went in a van, traveled through Mexico, Central and South America. Um, for over a year, you Man. know, like, like, so all these things just started happening, right? Mm-hmm. Because life, we're getting older, you know, and in my career in IT started up and all this fun stuff. Um, the group started falling apart from its original, you know, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. That's, that's happened. So, so then from that, I'm like, holy shit, we don't have anybody anymore. So then we started doing um, some, I guess, classes and, and stuff for, for improv and, finding potential potential members from those classes and you know it's one of those things where i always preface like just because you're in this class doesn't mean you're going to be part of the group yeah you know learn the skills of this thing because it is a it's a beautiful tool to have and you can incorporate it in your everyday life Mm -hmm. um and and you know maybe maybe you get up on stage with us but you know it's it's just kind of so we from from the class we ended up getting like paul mccarter and morgan and basically everybody who's in our group now Nice. Um, but and now we have, you know, return players. Like Eric's back on stage with us every other week. Chad Corb's back in town. Jim's back in town. You know, as life happens. Well, and it's like, <laughs> so, it's also nice, though. Like you said, you still have the careers and all that, and you still got other things outside of this. Mm-hmm. So to have a wider group, it yeah. kind of gives you flexibility. 100%. So yeah, if somebody absolutely. can't make it this week, you know, you got this person that can fill in. And... I think we have currently like 12, 11 or 12 shirted we call it shirted you're a full member if you're shirted um members of the group so you know we need five every week so it can it rotates and it's great keeps the show fresh you know nobody's getting burnt out you know all that fun stuff and you know we're always you know looking for new talent we got to start a class up here again here soon um since we haven't been able to because of covidy things and and uh hopefully it stays that way yeah um that we can we'll see uh but uh yeah yeah, it's just always evolving and growing. So um, my biggest thing, I think, at the end of the day is I think that uh, projectile comedy, specifically in my mind, is is something special for Billings. Yeah. Um, there's improv clubs, you know, there's stand-up clubs all over the country and stuff. But to have a group that's been around for 16 years and still going every Thursday, uh, still a $5 ticket still two hours of improv and that's something special yeah. and and it would just kill me to see something like that not be available anymore and i'm like anything there's going to be a day i'm sure that there is going to be the end of projectile comedy but i would like to get us to a spot or at least get things in motion where i could be 90 on a deathbed and, and they're still performing that night yeah i mean that would just be tops i think so yeah, that's kind of well because, like you said, it's kind of... You don't see a lot of that around here where there's, like, these 
groups that are just like, I don't know, they're kind of a Billings institution. Yeah. Because like even bands, you know, like right. there's there's a few that stood the test of time and were around for a couple of, you know, 20 years. 100%. But even now, there's like really none that have been, that are still around. Right. It's like, the, I think the oldest local bands that are still going are like maybe five, six, seven years. Yeah. And that's not overly impressive. Right. Right, yeah. Just to, to so to have this one thing that's uniquely us and ours, I right. I just love it. I mean, yeah, I can't even hardly think. Maybe like what Billing Sympathy Sympathy Theater. Is oh like, yeah, Billing Symphony for that's been going on for forever. Right, but right, it's like sure. there's very few things like that. You know, like there's right. that and like what else? You know, not exactly. much. So to have like a performative art that is like a you know a standing group that is around that long is is nice to i don't know it, it's nice to have for the for the for the community, community for yeah for billings and 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 i totally agree it's and it's been great and and the show's still doing fine you mm-hmm. know uh it's not the hot ticket item it was 16 years ago when it was fresh and new and we were all you know young 20s and you know party animals and everybody was hitting the bars hard and you know and it's funny because like the state of the world right now Whereas back then, bars commonly had stages. Right. Commonly. And now there's a handful of bars. Tell me about it. That that have a stage. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm, I don't know if you knew I'm in a band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did know that. Yeah. So, yeah, we have such a hard time trying to find venues. Like, we always just end up playing the same, like, three or four venues. Yeah. Well, because you almost have to. Otherwise, and- if you go to another venue, they're like, here's your corner. Right. Just, oh, and that's the worst. Because we've done that too. We just play yeah. on the floor. And it's like, sure. it just, you don't get that interaction with the crowd because it's just, you, there's something about being on a stage where you command the audience. More. Yes, 100%. I was just going to say, because when you're on the level of the audience, then you're just, you're just that asshole making noise in the corner. Yeah. But if you're elevated on a stage, I, I man, there's something about having to look up at something. Yep. yep. That just automatically puts you into a different realm. Well, it, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's definitely like a, an authority type yeah, thing yeah. where mm-hmm. it's like, they've always, you know, it's always been like kind of the thing, like a taller person commands more authority. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it, yeah, if you have to look up, I don't know what it is. It's some psychological I'm sure thing. it's something back here from day one. Yeah. <laughs> no and it's like, yeah, even if you have a mic, that doesn't make it, just because your voice is louder, that doesn't change it. But yeah, something about the stage. Yeah. Cause I, so, Craft Local. Yeah. We played there a couple times. Great. Uh, twice we played on the floor. Oh, interesting. And those were good shows, but this last time we played, they just put a stage in. Just yeah, like a little that's right. platform just, riser. Little Rice. And it changed everything. Like, it was the best show we played there. Right. And I don't know. It was. It definitely had to do with the fact that we had a stage. Yeah. And I don't know. It just... Hundred percent. I'm glad they got some. Oh, dude, there. that's such a nice venue too. It like, is. it's a hard room to play as far as music. Such a hot dog of a room. Yes, but it carries though. That's oh, okay. And it's I don't even care because it's a place that allows us to play. Yeah. And so that's all I'm looking for. Hundred percent. We just played last night at uh, Andy's. Oh, really? Uh, it was outside. It was, oh, it was in the parking lot. Well, that's funny. Yeah, it's I like always a, forget Andy's is a thing. Yeah. Well, if you talk about dive bars, man, that's Oof. like the low, like on the bottom row. Yeah. But I grew up in that Scraping bar, man. Scraping the bottom of that barrel. Yeah. My grandma <laughs> used to weird. bartend there and oh, no like shit. my whole family's like grew up. It's in not a horrible spot. It's really not. Like it gets way more of a bad rap than like even going in there. It's like, this isn't that bad. It's mostly no. like the, 
the crowd that ends up going there. Sure. That makes it bad. But like the bar itself is not that bad. Well, now that the Lazy K is demolished, so maybe that will help a smidgen, a little bit. We got a couple more of them hotels to take down now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but, but no, I like that they're trying to get that that area a little bit better. It's a great area. Yeah, well, and it's then prime real estate. The new, uh, what's that outdoor one? Uh, the Red Ox. Yeah, that amphitheater outside yes. there, that little thing that that looks awesome. I haven't what been to a, a concert cool project there, but... that they did and like yeah. got that together. I've I've been I have not seen a show there yet, but just seeing the whole setup, I'm like, this is great. It's great, yeah. It just and it's small but practical, right? Effective. People yeah. love it yeah. that I hear. So that's awesome. So but yeah, it's a but live entertainment. The state of it right yes. now is it's really really tough and and we're and, and I think I'm seeing it in the audience too especially and I don't want to be like that guy like oh you know streaming is killing everything but there is definitely um a a factor of people's attention their attention factor is down hard mm-hmm. with and I shouldn't say everybody like our our the average age of our crowd is in their 30s okay and we do have people younger come to our shows we do we don't have a lot of repeat of those people that come to our shows. They'll come once and they'll enjoy it, but they leave at half because they just, you know, they just want something different. Like well, it's, it's the attention factor is like, we're so used to like watching a show on Netflix and now it's like, eh, I don't like it next. Yeah. Next thing. Yeah. I don't like that next thing. All right. I'm going to go do it. It's or just so, consuming five seconds worth of con- like of, Entertainment at a time, and then just next thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the next ten seconds worth of, I'm just as guilty of it. Oh, sure, I'm totally just as guilty of it. But, but yeah, it's I'm I'm going to be curious to see, see how it works. Well, especially having a whole year of only consuming that, basically, which has been a blessing, because people are watched all they could, right? And so people, it's it's just yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this like. Is are people going to be more excited to consume live entertainment, or are they going to be more content staying home? Right. Which, from what I've seen, at least here, mm-hmm. people want to see live entertainment. Hundred percent. Yeah, like, yeah. They want to get out. They exactly. want to get out, and and which is great. When we first started, when COVID started, or, or I'm sorry, billing started opening back up and all that stuff, and we were performing again. Um, you know, once everything was completely lifted, we saw a huge uptick, a huge spike in people attending our shows. Um, and then other things started happening. The boat floats, um, you know, all the stuff that might have been delayed from the spring until later that year, concerts, uh, you, you name it, you know, outside stuffs started happening. And then our audience went, just well, because everyone wants to do all the other all stuff. Want, yeah. yeah, all the other shit that I was told no last year, too. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so now we, we, we did, we did feel that, that hit now, you know, live after five started back up, which on is, Thursdays, of course, on Thursdays, which has actually been a nice little marriage. Really? Because well, I assume people leave there and go do your thing. What time yeah, is your guys' stuff? Cause we start? start at eight and that's okay. when there's closes. So okay. we do get those kind of filtered in like people who still want to like, you know, do something the nice afterwards over, yeah. and, or, you know, I do know some people who will go to a live after five and then come catch the show. So so it's good. It's been a good marriage that way and stuff. But uh, but I'm I'm very curious to see you know did, barring any future lockdowns again sure. um how what it will look like next year. Yeah. Like a post I don't feel we're in a post covid yet. 
we're still in COVID. We're right. at like the light at the end of the table or the tunnel, maybe, hopefully, yeah. knock on wood. But post COVID to me is in like two years. Yeah, it's and that's that kind of what they were saying all along too. Yeah. They said it's going to take more than right. It's not going to just bounce right back. Oh no. And that's with everything. That's not just with people getting comfortable going out. It's economy stuff. Like I was just talking about this the other day with somebody about like, uh, oh, because I just got shirts made for the band. I just picked them up yesterday. Oh yeah. And uh, he he tells me he's like, oh yeah, it's just so you know, the price went up a little bit. <clears throat> so if you order these next time. It's going to be more... He's like, everything's just going up in price. And then just telling me how, like, that's how it is with everything. And it's yeah. true, you know. And that's how it's going to be for a little while. Yeah. And then hopefully, eventually, things start getting back to normal. And <laughs> right. then prices kind of even out. And that would hopefully go along with just everything else. Yeah. Yeah. As far as just daily life and... Exactly. Hopefully. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But... So... One more question about performing. Uh-huh. Since, like, we do a different type of performing. Right. But how do you manage a crowd and how do you, like, bounce? This is, I guess the real question I would have is when an audience isn't uh, feeding off you or, like, you're not really getting that energy, mm-hmm. what's your, like, method to engaging them back in? Ooh, that's because that's good such a hard question, thing to do, and that is super hard to do. And 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 I think what I've learned throughout the years, and at least from and and I'm speaking from like an improv comedy standpoint, where you know the MC is king, the MC is yes. god of every show, right? And so the shows that I see falter, and where you kind of lose your um, initiative, I guess, or like you know we kind of lose that that energy, really starts with the MC. Hmm. So you know knowing that you know you have to start with that energy and you have to make sure that they come along with your energy from the get-go is is huge and 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 like everything else you'll feel that energy kind of ebb and flow Mm -hmm. you know for me i think it's it's never letting the audience dictate my energy ever because that's too easy to do i mean it's so easy to do don't get me wrong but and it's hard to it's hard to not let that because cause sometimes they're having a great time. They're just... That audience's particular culture at that time isn't showing it. Right. Right? Or... Um, it, it's, it's, like doing, it's like doing a show for a, a company party and the boss is there. Yes. Everyone's just quiet. They're loving it. But sometimes they're afraid to laugh. Yeah. Or sometimes they just... You know what I mean? So... Different rooms invite different... Different rooms have different cultures within that that Mm -hmm. time in that moment right so but what i've learned at least is to just never let that their maybe lack of response drain or their lack of energy drain mine Mm -hmm. i have to be up here yes and i have to make sure that i'm projecting this energy and if they're coming along with me great but or if they eventually decide to come along with me awesome right if not there's not much i can do about it yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I just recently, because, like, before this band, I went, like, five years without doing anything like that. Uh-huh. And then we've only, pl- this is, like, our fifth or sixth show. Uh-huh. And so, it, up until then, you know, I hadn't really had that exp- I do karaoke. Well, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do karaoke and stuff. And that actually really was, and I credit that hugely 
to just being able to stand up on a stage and like not get nervous or at least sure. I mean you don't really do crowd work when you're at a karaoke. Doing karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that helped with my performance aspect. Mm-hmm. As far as crowd work goes, I didn't really get a lot of that. Um, but I did. Ju- I just recently like kind of found a little bit of a rhythm where it's like, oh, I have to like get out of my head and 100%. just and when you're up there and you, you know, you're not confident in what you're saying, and this kind of goes back to just the whole like stage thing, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You also have to be, you know, assertive and and make them believe in what you're saying. Right. No, you have to be that presence. Yeah. And you it's almost like present. it's almost like I I kind of just become a character. Mhm. And on stage and sure. it's like I just got to be this super outgoing, super like energetic character and that will f- make them reciprocate. Right. Right. Because we're not Guns N' Roses or we're not right. like those people that who are already energized yeah. the moment they step in there, right? You have you, to make them. You have to make them care and believe. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's like your you job said. to make them now. Oh yeah, yeah like, exactly. You, you can be like you said. You can be Guns N' Roses. People show up. They're already fans of you. You can just stand there and they'll be going crazy. Right, right. I mean, and I'm looking at your your Broncos. You know, Mile oh, yeah. High Stadium thing, and it's beautiful. And I've been. I love going to games. You're a Broncos fan, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, the energy. You, you feel it. It's in the air. Like you walk to your seat and you can't help but get goosebumps. Right. Because it's, it's electric. It's so – it's already embedded mm-hmm. in that event, right? Right. And, and with those big concerts. But, but we don't have that. We you don't got, have that you gotta, luxury. You got to like win them over. You do. Yeah, you do. And I think where it fails um, – I think where it fails for people is that um, – I remember going to a concert at the rail yard once actually. Mm. And this is what comes to mind is, is this guy um, was, he was in some band. I don't even remember what band it was, but I remember what he did. And I remember vividly he was, he was like, man, this fucking audience sucks and whatever, because we were all just, you know, watching him and remembering as a performer, like, Oh no, you lost every, even if you had a, inkling of somebody who was enjoying this before and then what 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 the big lesson to me in that moment was what do you want from me yeah i'm here yeah i'm here for you you what do you want what are you expecting from me you know what i mean and 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 it's just that realization that i can't expect or i can't want from my audience the moment i want something from them that's you know when in, in terms of of some sort of reactions or, or anything like that. If I, if I'm needing that, I think I've lost. Yeah. I've I feel already that. lost it. I see for me, I, I do try to get the audience involved and stuff. Like totally. I'll, I'll try and be like, you know, come yeah, yeah, on yeah. up here. You know, let's absolutely. But for me, your performance has to reflect that. Like, right. They're not going to, React if you're not performing well, or if like 100%. the music's not worth doing that for. Right. So obviously you perfect that first, and then it. To, if, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, obviously that would be a terrible. You can't just say, oh, oh you geez, guys you suck. Fucking suck. Like you kind of gotta invite them to do so, and you gotta mm-hmm. be like, you know, hey, come on up here, give me all your energy, do yeah, all yeah. that, you know. But I it's mean, like, 
that's that's the thing right like i can't expect anything from the audience i don't right. want to expect that i mean i want yes. them to have fun yes. right and i want them to to be involved and mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm going to do what i do to see if you come along if you come along great if you don't well yeah like what you said else? you can't just like expect that to happen in right. some ways you almost have to kind of if if the energy's not there obviously there's part two parts to that one might be just your performance isn't mm -hmm. sparking that sure but if if it's if you can tell people are jiving to it, but you need more out of it, then yeah, you kind of gotta like almost poke it, poke the bear a little bit, and be like, well, hey, but, like yep. let's let's get into this. And up. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I mean, and you have to be energetic as well. Like oh, they're not 100%. gonna do what you want if you're not doing that. Right, right. You gotta give your one hundred ten percent as well. Yeah, I but, just think that guy went home and was like, "How was the show?" He's like, "Oh man, that audience sucked." And like they blamed yeah. every. I, I almost guarantee you, he blamed everybody but himself in that moment. Well, and that's a problem. And it's like, just like, damn, dude. And like you said, you remember that though. Oh, 100%. so it's like you don't think that like that didn't positively affect that guy's act. No, I don't remember him. Yeah, I exactly. remember that. <laughs> but and it's like I'm sure you wouldn't go back. No, probably not. Yeah. Or if like, I saw him on stage, I'd be like, ah, that's the guy that said <laughs> that's we suck. that son of a bitch. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go. I mean, I would I, I would never tell a crowd they suck. Like, yeah. Even if they did suck in my head. Oh, yeah. I'd, you thank them for coming. Like, they paid the ticket. They Or they, they took the time out of their day to come see you. Like, even if it wasn't the reaction I wanted, I always thank everybody mm -hmm. for showing up. Even if they didn't see me. If they showed up, like, late last night and they didn't see my band, I still yeah. thank them for coming. Yeah. Because they, they came to support whatever we're doing. Sure. So. Yeah. Came to have drinks and have a good time. At least some level or capacity right don't expect to you know if you're expecting side autographs every time then uh, oh no no no, gig. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting uh thing just performing and and finding your voice finding your yeah and it your takes rhythm. a long time it does yeah it takes a long time so i think i'm fine i think i'm starting to at least get get to that get up on that hill a little bit and for sure and find my uh my own rhythm right so it, kind of where you sit in that world. Yeah, just yeah. and be and not just that, but also be uniquely individual. Like not just I'm not just trying to be something else. I want to be uniquely myself. Or not just and I shouldn't speak for myself. I'm talking like the band sure, sure, total because yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. we're all one group. Right, right. But you know, kind of as a front man, I kind of have to hundred percent be be the face of it and like yeah. kind of. Start it starts with me, and then everyone else kind of falls. Very similar with improv, right? Right. I mean, because yeah, we are the group, and we're here to make these this scene. Mm -hmm. But uh, my flavor, as it were, in this scene, and, and what I bring is vastly different than what Eric brings, or Jessica brings, or Morgan, or Paul, or any of them. You mm -hmm. know, it, we we all have different stuff, different flavors. You know, but what makes this thing beautiful is that cohesion yes just working together and yeah. all that it's well beautiful. like yeah and, and if anybody has a poor performance it could definitely affect the next guy or well it could or maybe the next guy just has to step up his game and make it a sure yeah or that guy's there to pick you up right yeah so if i falter and whatever you know i got you know jessica and katie there to, to help pick me up absolutely but yeah it's great i wanted so one thing i want to start doing on the podcast because yeah. i've I want to start like implementing some segments. Ooh. So. Okay. I got a segment I want to try. Okay. You'll be the first one. I'm the first? This. Yes. I'm the first? Yeah. Okay. So don't, I want to do. Don't fuck it up. 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's super easy. Cool. So I want to start doing like a top five. Ooh. And I'm going to start, I'm going to kind of like Kay. do it specifically towards, you know, more, more, more tailored to you. As far as like things that you like, things okay. we've talked about, things we've done. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to ask you uh-huh. who are your top five stand up comedians? Oh, bad question. Why? I don't watch a lot of stand up comedy. Okay, okay. Honestly, I don't. Fair enough. I'm a bad comedy viewer. Okay. But honestly, uh, like. Uh, well, we can. I can but, do a no, no, no. One. I got this. I, well, I might not have a top five, but Dave Chappelle, in my mind, is a genius. My number one. I, 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 his comedy's on his. I just love his perspectives. Yes, and his honesties. Yeah, and um, I, I think he's he's tops. That's my number one as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, after that, uh, you know what? I really like. I maybe this is cliche. I don't know if this is cliche. I, I shouldn't say that. But Jim Jeffries, I really enjoy him a lot. Okay, Jim Jeffries is up there. And again, just because I love his unique perspective, this Aussie in America, I yeah, love that. Yeah. You know, I just love you know that sort of thing. Um, uh, who was I? No, that was uh, again. That was Dave Chappelle. Um, oh, geez, why can't I think of? Uh, um, so yeah, so I think those those are my my top five. Those are my top two. Okay. Um, I still do enjoy like like the old uh, Carlins. Absolutely, those are great. Um, the, yeah, I can put those on at any time and still still have a great time with those. Um, I know there's others, but I'm just not a great comedy watcher. Fair enough. Isn't that weird? Eh, I mean, not, it's not <laughs> that unusual. I think there's a there's a there's also a part of me that once. I want to make sure that like I'm fresh. Yes. And I'm not trying to be too inspired by somebody's something or maybe I regurgitate something not trying to rip somebody off, Absolutely. but it's there. Yeah. And I might. Well, and, and no, that I kind totally of scares get that. me. And like there's I've heard from several cuz I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Mm-hmm. So like I've heard from them a lot. They say, you know, when they first started out, they would do the cadence or the the rhythm like they would basically mimic some of their favorite comedians, right? And like that's a problem because you got to find your own voice. You do, but yeah. then also, yeah, I'm sure it would be hard to like not hear a joke and like at least even like take a premise, yeah, or something like that. Some of my my favorite podcasts right now, like I listen to Improv for Humans, okay. Matt Besser's uh, um, Upright Citizens Brigade type of improvs, and then I also listen to Hello from the Magic Tavern, okay, which is fucking check that out um it's it's these uh three chicago improvisers Mm -hmm. and but their podcast is based off this guy who falls in through an interdimensional portal behind a burger king and finds himself in this mystical mythical land of foon and he's joined every week by his two buddies and i'm totally regurgitating his spiel um usador the wizard and Chunt, the talking badger, okay. who's actually a shapeshifter, who can only shapeshift after he has had sex with the thing. Oh my god! So he's a badger because he fucked a badger last. <laughs> so he That's might be it. like a, something else if he had sex with something else, hmm. some other species. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
But then they always have guests on, and it's funny because the, all their episodes are completely improvised. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird little bit of a story arc even in it. Okay. Um, but they have all these great guest um, improvisers on with them and stuff, and so it's it it is set like the improv is set in terms of like characters and all that stuff. Um, but their guests are always different, and and it's it it's magical. Right. But the only the, the reason I preface that is I even find myself even after listening to Improv for Humans and Hello from the Magic Tavern, Tavern, I'm very conscious of I want to say this thing and going, oh, that's that's not mine, that's, not mine, can't do it. Yeah, and sometimes that'll floor me, like because I'll I'll want to say something and I'll have to reset mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh no no no, I can't do that. Oh man, when I first started <laughs> when I first started doing music and like I mean obviously I was in like high school and like even middle school, so I very very green mm-hmm. um first songs i wrote the first anything uh looking back i'm like oh that's rob zombie like that's oh, directly yeah, yeah, yeah. rob that's... zombie's melody <laughs> or like oh that's straight some other somebody else's like lyrics almost even sure i basically took it was a lot of melodies like i would i would take a lot of different other bands melodies and stuff and that's hard, right? Because I mean, we live in a world where music is constantly it's around us. So right? so hard to you, make original music. Like, yeah, and it's it's not because I mean we do it pretty easily with my band, you know. Sure. The real hard thing is to is to just find a group that can make original music well. Right. And I got lucky, and we happen to have a pretty good group that we can do it. And honestly, I mean, I've definitely gotten way better at doing it, but. The last band I was in, I thought I was pretty good at it, uh-huh. and I just, for some reason, I would make the most bland shit. You know, it, it was original, and okay, it wasn't, sure. like, ripped off of anything, but it was just so bland. Like, the lyrics were just basic. Sure. The melodies were just so nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this one, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I've grown. Maybe it's because sure, what they're doing is better, but I actually come up with very intricate, like, melodies and lyrics, and it's actually... I don't know. It's that's fun. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Because that's now my favorite you. part about doing it. It's like yeah. I've never ever considered myself a, a good, like a great singer or anything, and I would never. Sure. But I will never discredit myself when it comes to lyrics. I will. I will take vocal talent, or I, I will take content over vocal talent any day. See, and that's where I feel like I've. Any I'm day. definitely better at. Than, yeah. Well, and that's fine. I mean, like, I mean, look at look at. I mean, I guess maybe this is like Louis Armstrong for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, he has no voice. Right. But the guy's the guy's spirit is in everything he's singing. Whether it's not, I mean, Christina Aguilera, boy, you can sing. Great voice, but Bye. basic lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like okay, I I say vocal vomiting. Yeah. Because it's just like that. It was like I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Next. Yeah. Next. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'll take anybody who's got that that raspy smoker's voice, but has great lyrics and and a great tune behind it. I'll take yeah. that all day, all day. Let me give you one more top five. Love it. But I'll give you one that you can actually do. Top five your your personal top five favorite actors. Ooh, I love it. Okay, so um, yeah, and I'm gonna put Gary Oldman on that, but he's not my number one. Daniel Day is my number one. Great. Yeah, absolutely. he's he's up there. This is gonna maybe sound. Well, no, because okay, so I'm going to put Kevin Spacey as my number two. Now I understand that he's a piece of shit and all that stuff. I'm just going from a pure like like acting talent wise though. 
that guy is a. I've always said you have like you, because it, it is a hard thing to He's... to not discredit somebody <laughs> yeah, like totally. that. Totally, but you have to, you know, separate the artist from the art a little bit. Like yeah. if yeah, somebody yeah. writes an amazing song, like okay, are we gonna sit here and say OJ Simpson wasn't an amazing running back? For sure, for sure, he was still a you yeah. know MVP. Yeah. Heisman winner and yeah. all that fun stuff. And despite that doesn't his, his yeah he, he clearly not a great dude right. But we're not going to sit here and say he what he did wasn't what it if was. If we're talking football, he's in the conversation. Absolutely. If we're talking about stand up citizens, now yeah. now we're not talking. Same about, with like but, music. Like yeah, I mean, exactly. There's diff- there's definitely music artists that have had issues, but their mm-hmm. music is still amazing mm-hmm. that doesn't discredit what their art was so no yeah yeah kevin spacey kevin amazing spacey's actor. on there um philip seymour hoffman's on there may he rest in peace um you know gary oldman is on that list and i think for my number five it's getting tough um goodness my number five I'm trying to think. Uh, um, Meryl Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and I wish I wish I had more of a um, a female presence on that top five. Well, and, to honestly, but sure. I don't want to sound too chauvinist in all well, that stuff. But see, when it comes, because I always feel that way too. Uh huh. But <laughs> there's the buts. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. so okay. Here's an example. My top five like Disney movies mm-hmm. are like Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules, and I was like, "Well, why is that? Well, they're all male leads, right? Because I mean, as a man, I sure you kind of identify yes, more with that. It's so much and... easier to identify with that, and so like I can see that with actors too. Like you're kind of like seeing yourself through their eyes. It's a lot easier for you to to um, I don't scratch know. that. What is what is isn't it Kathy Bates the one from um. Is it Kathy Bates? From which? Goodness gracious. From um, Fried Green Tomatoes and um, Tomatoes. By the way, the comment I made... It is Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. The comment I made was not to discredit women actors because there's a lot of really great... No, 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 no. In fact, sorry, Meryl. You're off. Kathy Bates is on. She, She... are you picturing her? Yes. You do, you have her from so like yeah so fried green tomatoes, um, not Psycho. What was that one really really creepy one where she was like making the um, God she was terrifying in it. Hmm. Speaking of um, people who do antagonists really really well, um, I I can't believe it's escaping me. It's it's that Stephen King. Um, book that the movie's based off of with a writer she keeps misery. hostage misery thank you yeah. misery um even even i love her in Waterboy. yeah like i i feel like she is is one of those super diverse very 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 good at yeah what absolutely. she does um but so yeah i'm gonna put her as definitely my number five kathy bates she's awesome okay um but i also do think too and and as as our society is growing and and all these things is that, you know, I, I guess there's this part of me, too, that has to remember, you know, we put males in these wonderful, 
wonderful movies and these wonderful roles. Um, and we don't, they, females don't have that same sort of ability yet or right. has had that, that same sort of kind of equal, uh, um, uh, opportunity to have those wonderful moments and all that fun stuff. I mean, they're out there. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I definitely do think it's easier for you to see like certain, I mean, and you're right that, that, you know, men have been given different. Well, we've just been, you know, it's a dominant male society still. And yeah. we're trying to get out of that, which I love and, yeah. and, and I'm excited for it. But, but as far as you seeing like your favorites, I feel like a lot of that comes from you just like also seeing yourself in through that and lives. using yeah and those that top five like Daniel Day Lewis and you know but also uh, those Philip Seymour Hoffman's and oh and they're incredible actors and they're they're muses like I love yes. watching them and st- kind of studying them a bit mm-hmm. during their performances yeah. you know what what makes that work and what doesn't or you know whatever's but um, yeah they've they've been huge influences awesome for sure well. I think we're about wrapping up, getting toward the end here. Okay. Um, I always like to end of the show with a positive or motivational message from mm, the guest. Okay. Um, my my motivational thing, I guess, would just uh, do it. Just do. Um, I think in, in my comedy acting career, just doing things has opened up so many doors and so many different experiences and and even outside of that even even outside of of performance and stuff just like there's things i'll just try Mm -hmm. just because i feel like i could so let's try it let's do it i made pemmican the other day because i saw it and i thought maybe i'd do it (laughs) so i made meat bars hey (laughs) it's like like whatever well i mean you don't ever do anything without doing yeah just do it yeah so i mean even if there's anything it it, may be remotely interesting try it just do it it's it's the improv the the whole freaking cliche always say yes you know type of thing right um which i have my qualms about but at the same point but accepting Mm -hmm. and doing things and and saying yes to situations and stuff you know as they as they come out i think makes for a more richer um experience in life because that's all all we can really guarantee. I like it. Yeah. Um, go ahead and promote anything you want to promote as far as when, when the projectile comedy is where people can see it. <laughs> yeah. Projectile comedy. Um, of course, you know, we're always present on Facebook. Unfortunately, we're, we're going to work on a new website coming up, so I can't direct you to a website right now. Uh, but there's projectile comedy on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that fun stuff. So you can follow us on those platforms. And of course we perform every Thursday from eight to 10, uh, at the Loft Dance Club. Um, always a great time. And then uh, beyond that, uh, if you are looking for some live theater and stuff, uh, look up Yellowstone Repertory Theater. Um, I believe it's yellowstonerepTheater.com. Oh, actually, no, I think it's all spelled out, yellowstonerepertorytheater.com in terms of their website and stuff. And again, of course, we're always on um, the social media platforms with Yellowstone Rep as well um, for upcoming shows and all that fun stuff. Um, besides that, I think... Uh, that's it. Right on. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really Thanks for having it. me. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I love absolutely. It. And then for everybody out there, thank you for watching. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, do all of that. And just do it because life's a garden. Dig it.